All right, we're continuing our Choose Joy series where Pastor Brent has talked about choosing joy no matter what is happening in our lives. See, we all want to have joy, but we usually base our joy on our circumstances. If this happens, we'll be happy. If that happens, we won't be happy. And that makes our joy and our happiness iffy. Our joy and our happiness are iffy. And if things go well, we have joy. If they don't go well, we don't have it. But none of us wanna be iffy with our joy. And we also talked about joy suckers. It's one of the way we lose our joy. They're the things and the circumstances that we encounter that suck the joy right out of our lives. And I'm gonna be honest with you, let you in on a little secret. Sometimes people can be joy suckers. You know what I'm talking about? Like you do something great and you're really excited about it and you plan it and it took a lot of effort, a lot of love and a lot of work and then all they do is complain about it and they don't appreciate it. What are those people called? Children. Those people are called children. Okay, I'm joking a little bit because children actually have the simple kind of joy that we all need more of. Now, it reminds me of a story about my oldest son. Two years ago, we took a family vacation to Southern California. We were excited, we were gonna see some friends, we were gonna see some sights, but the highlight of the trip was going to be Disneyland. And the day finally comes for us to go to Disneyland, and most of y'all are parents, so you know that going to Disneyland means going to Disneyland. And so we're just sitting there in traffic, trying to get to one of the giant parking structures and then after you sit in traffic, you get in the parking garage, and then you have to find a parking spot in the garage, and then you have to remember where the parking spot was, and they do it based on characters. It's like, is it sleepy? Is it dock? Is it grumpy? Is it anxious? I don't know which dwarf we parked at. Is it 6F double D or F? I don't remember. You can't remember. Then you have to walk like a mile to get on the tram to get into the park, and you know on those trams, people don't respect your personal space. It's hot and it's crowded and it's like a 20 minute ride and then you're finally at the park. So I'm grumpy and I'm anxious because I know that even though we're there, it's still gonna be like an hour until we have fun. But see, my son didn't have that perspective at all. He was filled with wonderment. While we sat in traffic, whoa, that bus is huge. When we're in the parking garage, Dad, look, look at how many cars there are here. I've never seen so many cars in my whole life. Heading to the tram. <gasps> yes, I get to ride a tram. Do you think I'll get to hold one of those handle thingies like they show on TV? He has this smile on his face the whole time from ear to ear and that crazy kid energy. And so we get to the plaza, right? It's a plaza that's right where they take your tickets and you get to go in. And it's a place where I, you know, it feels like they're hurting you like cattle. It's like, moo. And I'm sure I said something like sarcastic and grumpy, like maybe moo. But that's not what he did. He looked at the Star Wars posters in the buildings, and I'll never forget it. He said, Disneyland is so awesome. And he started running around, even though he was supposed to hold one of our hands. And he was so excited. And then my wife and I realized something. He thought that plaza was Disneyland. <laughs> and he was over the moon excited about it. He thought, this is worth a trip to California. This place is amazing. 
He was on cloud nine running around with joy. Now, we could have let him play there a few hours and gone home and said, yeah, you went to Disneyland that day. And he would have talked about it for years. Disneyland is the best place. You know, they have that poster, right? He would have done that. Now, by the time we actually got into the park, I thought he was gonna pass out from joy. There's just so much going on. He was overwhelmed. It was a day filled with joy. Of course it was. We were at Disneyland. He had fun. It's called the happiest place on earth for a reason. But my son chose joy long before we were at Disneyland. He chose joy long before we were at Disneyland. See, he saw joy in everything. That was his lens, whether we were in traffic, in the parking garage, in the tram, that was just how he was seeing the world. See, when you're happy about where you're going, you can choose joy now. Don't you wish you could be more like that? Our happiness doesn't have to be iffy, but for most of us, our joy and our happiness are iffy. We're in school and we're struggling because there's finals and there's papers and there's teachers we don't like. We're at work because there's deadlines and frustrations and reorgs and very rude coworkers. It makes it tough to choose joy. Maybe we're in a financial situation where we were saving up money for Christmas, but we had to use it to cover an emergency we didn't expect, and now we just look at our bank account and we can't choose joy. Maybe we're in a relationship and we don't know how it's gonna go. There's conflict, there's fighting, there's frustration. You're separating, you're breaking up, you're doing all these things and you don't find joy there. It's based on the circumstances, it's iffy. Same thing with our kids. They might not listen, they might not behave, they might not wanna see us anymore. We might be struggling with mental health issues, depression, anxiety, PTSD. It makes it hard to choose joy because our happiness is iffy when it's based on circumstances. So when we find ourselves focused on those circumstances, on now, we have the wrong perspective because that perspective will never allow us to choose joy. So why do so many of us struggle to choose joy like Walter? I'm a little guy who chose joy long before we got to Disneyland. How can we be more like that? Well, here at City Church, we answer life's big questions with Jesus' life and teaching, written by those who knew him and those who followed him. That's what the second half of your Bible is. We call it the New Testament. It's collected teachings of Jesus and accounts of his life that help us believe and thrive in our lives today. And what I'm, what I'm talking about comes from one of those, and Paul wrote a letter to people like us, people who are struggling to choose joy. And we find that a lot of people like us look to the past when it comes to looking for joy. This is what Paul writes, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. See, Paul is telling us that the secret to choosing joy is looking forward to what lies ahead, not backward to what has already happened. Some of us are trying to find joy in our past and that's not gonna work. See, for many of us it's not gonna work because we have a mess in our past. There are things that hold us back from thriving and being happy our yesterdays, our past, have bad habits, bad hurts, bad hangups, bad behavior, bad choices that can enslave us and keep us from choosing joy today. It stops us from choosing joy now. The past cannot bring you joy, but others of us have a good past. 
We have successes. We have accomplishments. We have privileges. We have good circumstances. We have a lot of control of our life. We have everything we wanted, everything we thought we needed. That's what our past looks like. But what Paul is saying, even that past pales in comparison to the future. Even that past, when we look forward to what's in the future, is like garbage. He even uses that word. Now, this is why Paul tells us to forget the past. The best is yet to come. We have to forget our old lives and look forward to what is ahead. And the word forget here isn't just like move beyond and kind of keep it in your mind. It's closer to lose completely out of your mind, as in you can't even remember your past. Okay, how many of you have ever walked into a room and forgotten why you were there? Okay, yeah, some of y'all are being honest, right? I just had a birthday a couple of weeks ago. I find that happening more and more often. That's what he's talking about. It's fallen out of your mind. You have no idea. That's what he's talking about with the past. You've completely lost it from your mind. See, you can choose joy when you have the right perspective. You can choose joy before you get to Disneyland. See, but for others of us, we look to the present to find joy. We look what's going on right now, and Paul addresses us in these next verses. For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about life here on earth. Paul was talking about people who were focused on the present to bring them joy. The road to destruction wasn't some big, dramatic thing. The road to destruction came from only thinking about life on this earth. They didn't have the right perspective. The word appetite that Paul uses here is closer to the word gut, right? Like you feel it in your gut, like that deep part. It means they only cared about their physical needs, what you can see, smell, touch, hear, taste. They wanted to consume the things of life and find joy that way, hoping to find joy from temporary pleasure. And the present is temporary. It doesn't last. Even if you find a temporary pleasure that brings you a little joy, it's not going to last. It is temporary See, it's so hard because sometimes we can't see further than where we are today. It's, typical to, it's difficult to choose joy when our life is defined by those difficult circumstances. It's always gonna be iffy because our circumstances are always gonna be iffy. If something good happens, then I feel good. If something bad happens, then I feel bad. That's not how we choose joy. See, when you live like that, when you live for the present, the best you could hope for is survival just living another day. And when you only think about that, you don't have the right perspective to choose joy. It reminds me of my trip to Liberia a few months ago where I met this young man. Now this kid was so excited, he just wanted someone to take a picture of him dabbing. That was like his whole goal in life. Look at that smile. That's an amazing smile. And he was such a happy kid. But I can tell you this, he didn't have access to a toilet or clean water. He wasn't going to school. He and his family probably lived in a little hut that would be no bigger than one of our bathrooms. And yet, he chose joy. 
See, us here in America, we have all this stuff, a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of houses, a bunch of credit cards, a bunch of clothes, a bunch of cars, a bunch of this, a bunch of that, a bunch of relationships, but it's all temporary. It's all going away. And does any of that make you happy anyway? None of us are probably half as happy as this kid because all of that is temporary. And that's how I know that joy is a choice. Compared to us, he has nothing. But because he chose joy, he had everything we want. Now, if you're already a follower of Christ, I have something I need to tell you. You do not belong to this world that we live in. You do not belong to this world that we live in. I feel like somebody in the back needs to hear it again. You do not belong to this world that we live in. Your joy is not based in the past no matter what it is. Your joy cannot be based in the present. It is not based on the temporary things of life. It's not based on what you eat, what you buy, what you have, who you date, who you marry, how big the ring is. Joy cannot be found in porn. It cannot be found in affairs. It cannot be found in addiction. It cannot be found in another drink. It cannot be found in shopping. It cannot be found in anything in the present. Our joy does not come from that. Because our happiness cannot be based on what's temporary and all of those things are temporary. When you choose joy, you have to look to the future. So if it's not the past, if it's not the present, we have to look to the future, and that's what Paul gets to. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. It's not the past, it's not the present where we can choose joy, it's when we look to the future. That's the right perspective. Paul is telling us we must look to the eternal, something much bigger than us. We are citizens of heaven. We do not belong here, we belong there. This earth is not our home. The world that we're living in right now, this is gonna be a short amount of time compared to eternity compared to forever. This is a short amount of time. That's what, and so what this means is, we can choose joy now when we live with that end in mind. When we think about eternity as citizens of heaven, we can choose joy because we have the right perspective. We have an eternal perspective. We have an eternal perspective and we know where we're going. We know we're going to Disneyland so we can find joy long before we get there. And in light of eternity, all those issues that you're facing right now, they're not quite as overwhelming. See, when you live for the past or when you live for now, every heartbreak, every hurt, every setback, every diagnosis, every layoff, everything feels gigantic. But when you live with the end in mind, you have an eternal perspective and that perspective shows us that those things aren't as big. That eternal perspective allows us to choose joy now. What we're ex experiencing today, whether it's good or whether it's bad, is just a blip on the radar. 
you can overcome. And I know some people, you came here today going, I don't know if I can choose joy today. There's a lot of bad things going on in my life. There's a lot of things that have happened to me in my past. There's bad things that are happening to me in my present, and I don't know how much longer I can hang on for, and I sure don't know if I can choose joy, but let me talk to you. Hold on. Do not give up, because your joy isn't going to be found in the temporary things of the present or the things that have already passed in the past. Your joy can only be found in the eternal. And there's a God, that Jesus is there, and he hears our prayers, and you might think he's not answering your prayers, but I can tell you, once you get to heaven, if you are a believer, a follower of Christ, every prayer will be answered. You might not see what you wanna see this side of heaven, but once you get there, everything will be perfect. Everything will be right. Every nagging ache, pain in your body, you're gonna get turned into a glorious body. Doesn't that sound good? Now, I'm old enough where I have to choose between Taco Bell and sleeping well. And that's not a glorious body. But what he's talking about is a glorious body. But I, I want you to know, hold on. Put your hope in a, the, what is eternal, not what is temporary. Because everything you're facing right now is temporary. It will all pass away. Every negative thought, every betrayal, every abuse, Every conflict is all gonna be gone. And when you get to heaven, Jesus is gonna be waiting there for you with open arms and he loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And in that moment when you enter eternity, all of it, every negative thing will go away forever. Yeah, that's, that's good. My counselor broke it down to me like this. I have a complicated relationship with my father and it didn't end particularly well before he died. But you know what she told me? Next time you see him, everything's gonna be perfect. Think of that person in your life. Next time you see that person, no matter what terms you left it on, everything will be perfect. No memory of anything that happened to you. No memory of any conflict. No memory of any of those things. It's all gone because it's all temporary. When you remember that, your eternal perspective allows you to choose joy. Because you can choose joy long before we get there. Long before we get to Disneyland. You can do that. And as citizens of heaven, our eternal perspective comes with eternal security. See, once you believe in Jesus, you can't lose it. Once you have faith, it's not going anywhere. You can't out-sin it, you can't out-doubt it. You believe and it's going to be there. You have eternal security. When you place your trust in him, that he died for your sins and was resurrected and he's the only way to eternal life, you can know without a doubt. You have a ticket to Disneyland that does not expire. It's non-refundable. You can't lose it because your name is written on the roll. You will be in heaven. As a citizen of heaven, you're going home. You will have that eternal life and it is settled. To joy is a right of a citizen of heaven. It's something that we get because we believe in something much bigger than ourselves in this Jesus. 
But being a citizen isn't just about rights, it comes with responsibility. See, we're not supposed to be staying here on earth just pulling up a lounge chair, twiddling our thumbs, drinking some sweet tea or lemonade and hoping Jesus comes back soon. That's not what we're here for. No, 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 no. Because we have an eternal perspective, because we know we're going to Disneyland, and honestly, we know there is a Disneyland and we're going there, that means we're called to create joy now. Your responsibility isn't just to be a joy receiver, it's to be a joy giver, a joy creator. We should have more joy than anybody this holiday season. Joy isn't just a right, it's a responsibility, and I want you to give your joy away. Can you imagine what would happen if we took opportunities, not just to choose joy, but to give away the joy we have to a bunch of people that need joy? I'm tired of the church being seen as a bunch of humorless, judgmental people. We have to be a people of joy. This is not an option. This is what Jesus is telling us. Because we know where we're going, we know we're going to Disneyland, we can choose joy now, and we need to give it away. This world needs joy. Y'all have been out there. Do you guys read the paper? Do you guys know what's going on? Do you live in your community? How many people got knocked out on Black Friday for a TV? The joy isn't in the TV. It's going to break down in two years. We have to be joy creators. The world needs you. It needs you. It needs you. It needs you. It needs you. And it needs you. You have to become joy creators this holiday season. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? Because when you give your joy away, your joy is going to increase too. And we can be a people that people go, look, I don't know about this Jesus stuff and that heaven stuff, but I want to be that happy. That's who we want to be. So I'm asking you to do it in a small, tangible way. You don't have to build an orphanage or go be a missionary. Pay for somebody's drink behind you at Starbucks. Go bring your neighbor a meal that's in need. Let someone go in front of you in the grocery line. Look someone in the eye as they're checking you out at Target. See them. Donate food or funds to the San Antonio Food Bank. Get your spouse a gift before Christmas just because. Read your kids an extra bedtime story. Uh, do something with your kids to bring joy to that relationship. Ask them to teach you how to floss or do a dance from Fortnite. I... I said that in one service, and then instinctively there was a kid up there that was just like. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I don't know how to do it. But ask your kids, and I promise you, you will create joy in your home and something they will not forget this holiday season. They are going to forget what you buy them. It's going to end up in the recycling bin or the trash heap one day, but they will not forget when dad tried to floss. <laughs> and call your mom or your dad. They wanna hear from you. They might not have been the best parents. Don't call them to argue. Don't call them to be right. Don't call them to try to make up for the past or to make something right in the present. Call them to be thankful for them, even if they weren't great, because there's some good somewhere in there. Call your parents. 
We should be the happiest people in the world this holiday season instead of just one more grumpy person going in and out of stores, buying crap we don't need to give to people we don't like to try to look good in front of people we don't care about. If you haven't placed your trust in Jesus, Some of you aren't citizens of heaven yet. If you haven't placed your trust in Jesus, I have good news. The bad news is you're not yet a citizen of heaven. You don't have a ticket to Disneyland. But here's the good news. It's free and you can get it today. Maybe the best news you can hear this holiday season. All you need to do is place your trust in Jesus. Some of you are questioning and doubtful. That's okay. But some of you, you got here today and you said, ooh, okay, I'm feeling something. That's Jesus talking to you. And all you have to do All you have to do, you don't have to even stop all the bad stuff you're doing. All you have to do is believe. You have to have faith that this relationship with Jesus is enough to save you for eternity. And when you believe that, you have that security forever and you will spend eternity forever with Jesus. So not only do you have joy in eternity, you will have joy right now. Your life will start to have meaning. It will be very different. And so all you need to do is pray a little prayer. We're not even gonna bow our heads. We're not gonna make it weird. You don't need to come down. There's not like a sacrifice or a sacrament or anything like that. All you need to do where you are is just pray a prayer like, Jesus, I trust you. I've tried my way. I wanna try your way. I believe in you. And if you prayed that prayer, you are a citizen of heaven. You're going to Disneyland and you can choose joy now. That's exciting. That's a gift that you're not gonna return. You couldn't return it if you wanted to. So I think about Disneyland and my son with infectious joy, he had a grumpy dad who wanted to be mad, but his infectious joy got me so excited and let's be those people that don't just choose joy, that create joy for everyone in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we can live with the right perspective. Help us to choose joy now because of where we're going. When we know we're going to a great place, we can be happy now. Father, thank you so much for your gift, Father, that you sent Jesus who lived a sinless life, who died for us, so that all people, all people can believe. There's not one person in the history of the universe excluded from that, Father. Not one. And we are thankful that you gave that gift, and I am thankful that you've given that gift, Father. We don't deserve it, but we can have faith and we get it, God. Thank you for these citizens of heaven. I pray that we become the kind of people that when people look at us, they go, man, they have joy. Man, they're happy. Let us be the most joyous people this holiday season and bring truth to the song, Joy to the World. In your name, amen.